This time on TNT. Hey guys, all right guys, it's the Kids Are Choice Awards, guys. We talk about the, come on Eileen, guy. And why does being subtle take confidence? That's all coming up right now on TNT. It's the 2021 Kids Are Choice Awards. And now here's your host, Cuckoo Miles. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Whoa! I can't believe you're all here. Holy moly. We're in the Zoomiverse. Whoa! Hey, look. Here's my piddle, Kyle Deal. Yeah, he's here, too. Hey, I'm going to throw it over to everybody's favorite uh, prankster, Riddle Donald Donaldin! <laughs> guys, hey guys, how's it going, guys? Uh, as a YouTuber, you know, this night is really big for me because we get to give away awards in several categories like best slime making video and also best unboxing video. But we're going to start with my favorite category, which is the uh, biggest award of the night, lol. It's the best house tour vlog okay guys okay guys so let's throw it to uh the pack here's clip number one from trent ciabatta hey guys check it out here's bedroom number one and oh look i got my scarface poster just got it and let's check out bedroom number two. Oh wait there's like some stuff in here uh we'll see that one later let's check out bedroom number three Whoa, man, like, look how big this space is. Look, I'm lying on the floor. I'm making a carpet, Angel. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to throw to my boy, Logdonis Deldonovich. He's one of our European YouTube stars, and he's going to show you what it's like to be a cool dude. Okay, guys, today I'm going to give you a tour of my place. Uh, you can see the carpet inside the front door. That's where I put my boots and the things like that when I come in the door. Okay, guys, uh, now we're walking in the hallway. Uh, you can see the Glade plug-in. Um, it smells like uh, uh, hibiscus. So the Glade plug-in, guys, it run out of uh, perfumes. So every now and then I have to refill him. Um, and then we walk into the kitchenette. Um, kitchens in Europe aren't as... Uh, uh, big as the one you have in North America, so no Highland or nothing like that, but we do have a microwave and you can see the hot plate and uh, you can see my bar fridge uh, where I keep my monster energy drink and thing like that. And so, okay guys, that's about the, uh, unless you want to see the balcony, um, you can see where the balcony is a view of the uh, building and behind my place. Um, so there's just another building. So, uh, okay, anyway, guys, I hope I get a vote from you guys. And um, now I'm going to throw it to my buddy, Dennis Gold. Whoa, that was amazing, bro. I can't believe that. I got this news, though. Guys, my I just heard my dad died. Like, he's totally gone. Like, I'm never going to see him again. And, like... Kidding! <laughs> and he's just, just kidding! Amazing! <laughs> just kidding! Oh, like, throw it back to you, Dobry Debrick! Okay, guys, there you have it, guys. They're the nominees for Best House Tour Vlog. They're all super, super sick. As you know, you can just log on to kidsarechoiceawards.org because um, we're going to get our choices going. So we're going to do a real-time voting thing on the app. Make sure you ask your parents if it's uh, cool to log in, and uh, all you have to do, you can text 
the first name, hashtag, and first name of the person you want to vote for to 1-800-SICK. And hey! now we're going to give it a few seconds for the votes to come through. Hey! Um, there they are. Hey! We have a winner, guys. Thanks so much, guys, for participating. Guys, we're going to give away our first award of the night, and it goes to Trent Chibotto! Yeah! Dudes! Dudes! I can't believe it! Okay, wait a second. Because I just won this awesome thing, I want to show you my pink uh, super duper YouTube award. You only get this if you have 50 billion views. I also want to show you guys uh, uh, this $10,000 giveaway that I'm just going to give to someone who eats this uh, cinnamon pepper with a bug in it. Anyway, Sick. smash that like button and subscribe. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that next week in my San Bernardino house of fire. Back to you, host Dobrik. All right, guys. Thanks so much, guys. And guys, just, we're just getting started on the Kids of Choice Awards. We're going to take a break right now. Um, we're going to see some commercials from some of the sickest toys that you guys can buy right now. But in the meantime, smash that like button and click that yeah, subscribe button. And then we, because we will, guys, that's how we get to keep doing this stuff is the, your likes and uh, subscribe, subscription. So uh, we're trying to get up to 1,200 subscribers, okay, guys? So let's see if we can do that during the break. Kids are choice awards. Come be right back, okay, guys? Okay, guys? I can't handle it anymore. Oh. <laughs> it's it's funny and cringy because it's true. <coughs> oh man, that's it. That's those videos. It's funny how in the relatively short amount of time since like a YouTuber has been a thing. I remember in the olden days of YouTubers, which is probably three years ago. The girls watching someone with a soothing accent and an overhead camera and some nice lighting opening some toys. Like, hey guys, all right guys, I'm going to open up. Look, it's a little mini mouse and it has a backpack on. Now I'm going to open the next one. Oh, look, it's Mickey. He can stand with her. And it was kind of harmless and uh, easy to watch, if a little boring. Yeah. But, <laughs> but dudes now, now... It's like you got like... Guys driving a Lambo, Lamborghini, and like throwing Red Bulls at people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just. <laughs> oh, sorry, did I give you a black eye with this Red Bull can? Here's 10 grand in cash. Okay, can we unpack the video <laughs> of the Fire Street? <laughs> did you see it? Oh, yeah. In Toronto, yeah, you mean, where they were they were doing the burnouts, yeah, and lighting a, fi a ring of fire. Yeah. Someone lit a ring of fire, and someone was doing donuts. <laughs> yeah, man. making a twelve pack of donuts in what looked like a cul-de-sac as people standing too close for my comfort level cheered it on. Was I that a, was that a YouTube kind of stunt? Do you think was that for the gram? No, I think that was like a, a car club or whatever, like a. A bunch of kids that, that like to get together and do the drifting and all that stuff, like the street racing. I, see, I hear it every, I don't know, maybe once a week or here in like a couple times a month. Like you hear them going at like midnight on a Friday or sometime in the middle of the night just ripping down Bayview. Or what is drifting? Bayview. Well, drifting is when they do the corners and the, the donuts, like if. 
when the car drifts because you're, you know, turning. How are you hip to the lingo? Well, that's like from <laughs> like Fast and the Furious Part One style. Is that it? Was like Fifteen years ago, yeah. Drifting yeah, for sure. Yeah, but anyway, that th- they uh, people do that a lot. Like they race cars, and you hear them, dr- or motorbikes. You hear them too, like groups of them going probably two hundred kilometers an hour, like ridiculous speeds. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what it was—just a bunch of these dummies. Getting together to do this in in the middle of the city on the to to do burnouts and act like fools and not wear masks during a pandemic. Okay, so I wondered that if it was like a protest of some kind or if it if it's just like teenage dirtbag kids being uh, being irresponsible. That makes me feel old too. No kidding. It's funny how suddenly I. I, I was saying to you just before we uh, hit record that watching the Kids' Choice Awards, for example, where there are you don't recognize a single name, nobody, and they're yeah. giving a <laughs> lifetime achievement award to some YouTuber. Oh man, yeah. yeah! Like tonight, Donna Feldstein, a lifetime achievement award for all the great work she's done on uh, YouTube. Um, you know, thirty-six billion followers. Like, yeah. how? Or there's like. The couple that are together that for like a year and a half and they break up online and everyone's blowing their minds like it's the end of the world. Is that (laughs) a thing too? That's a thing too, for sure. Um, Just the fact that people become these like superstars in this little space, but it's not really a little space. It's actually the reality of it is these are the people that show up at malls and and move masses in an instant no different than pop stars of the 80s and 90s i mean these uh the the active fan bases are insane like the 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 amount of people that they have just to do something that's why they get so much money to to have a product in their instagram video whatever it is which is so crazy because the answer to the question what do you do for a living carmella could be I wear yoga pants. Yeah, that's what I do. <clears throat> that's it for sure. Or like I have these glasses, or I'm the guy with the mohawk. It's always just like some cheese ball. The no different than the kid in school that dressed differently, but was a you know not afraid to to look their own way, but also uh, popular. And uh, not always annoying, but sometimes those those are the ones that take it to the hilt with everything, and so they they're causing problems or manipulating people because people listen to their videos because they cause all this drama in their lives. Well, this is the interesting thing. Like um, Suge follows this uh, young woman named Anna McNulty from New Brunswick. She's a uh, uh, she does acro and she's really good at it. Um, uh, so, uh, some of her videos are like, here's how to do an aerial and here's how you should stretch before you do the thing. And then uh, because she has so many people that follow her millions, a lot of her videos now are like, all right, guys, I'm going away for the weekend tomorrow. And you guys are asking what I should pack. So the next, um, five minutes is about like, should I take this sweater or this sweater? Smash that like button. It's just like, once people buy in, they want to know everything. 
hey guys, got my first car. Like there are some of these um, uh, kids that have been around for a while now. Like these, uh, have you seen the Ronald and Karina? No. It's like uh, sis versus bro, smash that like button styles. And yeah. some of their videos now are like, okay, guys, uh, today we're going to tour this 10-bedroom Mediterranean mansion to decide if uh, it's a good fit for our family. So let's have a look. Because they've made so much money from smash that like button <clears throat> that yeah. they're like buying ma cliffside mansions. Or like, yeah, you also see that like uh, there was a kid from uh, Toronto or Scarborough or something like he bought his dad's house for him because he was making so much money on YouTube. So there's one of the videos, like, here's the mortgage is paid off, Pops, in the garage. I'm kind of you know, immune to those, though. I know, but I'm saying that happens so much that it's like the, the amount of money that's, that can come flowing just from doing, uh, creating content that some people get away with because it's because of their charm and some people try it and it's just like looks unbelievably like embarrassing to watch i uh just looked up a, a tweet that i saw by donovan woods this morning kids today have real problems man to become a star on tiktok you gotta buy your grandpa his dream car but you can't afford yeah. the car till you're a star on tiktok it's so true like <laughs> if someone's handing me a box with a phone in my face rolling video on it I'm not going to open your box till you turn off your phone. So yeah. there. If you were yeah, planning no. to give me a gift, Jeremy, and you thought you could make a video out of it, it's not happening. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, it, it's like uh, usually you're filming life, big moments like birthdays and stuff because you're keeping it for your family, not to fire it online. Right. Now they're doing it to fire it online. Yeah. And some of them I he feel like are salt. a little staged. <laughs> the salt buy with his dropping salt on on like $1000 steaks. What is that? <laughs> the dude with the sunglasses who does the salt off his forearm, you know that guy that No. He's kind of like Salvador. <laughs> yeah, but they don't like pop the pop a piece of steak on a knife and then like put it in the woman's mouth in a really greasy way what you haven't seen this guy, no man? oh come on no way i haven't seen that guy you're so um assault to the stuff that the kids are doing sexual assault by what no, I'm saying the way he comes at you with the salt it's like sexual assault so wait assault. that's his thing salt well, he owns a, a steakhouse in Miami or something, and it's like literally like a thousand bucks to go and sit and eat in there because he comes over and fires salt on everything with his move with the. You gotta, you gotta see it. Just you have a computer. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google salt by bae. B-A-E? Salt yeah, by Bay? Salt Bay. Whatever the hell people say. By Bay. <laughs> Eyes the Bay that salts the steak. Well, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Eyes the Bay that salts your steak. Eyes the Bay that sticks it in your wife's mouth all greasy. 
Salt Bay got the SNL treatment, but it was cut for time. <laughs> no, you gotta just put a video if you see. He's you a see Turkish butcher. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta see. Thirty-four million <laughs> followers. Yeah, there you go. This guy On is Salvador. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta watch him do the thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess if Separate. I play it, you can hear it on my microphone. Yeah, it's just gonna be like. All right. Know, he doesn't say. He never. He's like mute always. Never says a word. That's when like, oh, oh, when I gotta hit the gas, ain't no time for a cat down. No truck. <laughs> always like DJ Collins sitting there. What is happening? Has he fired the salt yet? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! How have you not seen that, man? Cheesy. <laughs> he just said cheesy at the end. He's pounding some food in this bearded guy's <laughs> pink mouth. <laughs> yes, that's it. And then he says cheesy? He's like a Pitbull's cousin, kind of. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Are you watching another one? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I, I saw one where he's dancing and then some angry boyfriend like comes in to the no. looking at the girl. Yeah. I don't he's know. Just, he's doing his thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so um dispiriting. When you spend time in your day thinking like, what's a good idea? What would be a good idea? But he, here's here's what the kind of interesting upside of this is. And I think it's true. When there were two channels, people were going to watch whatever you put on. But now that yeah. the user dictates what they ingest, it's actually an argument for the more specific, the better. Because if you're into salt, you'll watch that. Well, if you like food, I guess, too, yeah. Right. If you're down with, like, braised steak. Right. Hey, speaking of old, when there was only two channels, R.I.P. Tom Gibney, classic uh, Toronto broadcaster for CTV back in the day, passed away. Who is he? Tom Gibney. He's like the guy, I guess he would be the, the man's bridge of CTV in the 80s, in a sense. Like always giving you the straight up. Really, news. but a, obviously not Lloyd Robertson. Like like the Ontario guy versus the yeah, national the Toronto guy. Guy for sure. Yeah, the local guy. Oh for wow. CTV. But for me, it was like that's all you see every day. Tom Gibney giving it to you, straight up. Those guys so, become a part of the household, man. Some yeah, of those voices, like sure. Peter Jennings and uh, Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Even uh, yeah, same with like. Uh, Tom Cheek, the Blue Jays radio announcer, he was always, like, my dad would always have the game Berlin on the radio outside in the summertime. That's, like, part of the landscape for sure, Tom Cheek talking. What sport works best on the radio? Baseball's pretty good, man. <clears throat> it's It's so slow. Well, it's because I think it's, they have the history of it. I mean, I th that's kind of what popularized. It was probably what popularized broadcasting in all sports was through baseball. If it was radio or television, 
because it was around from day one and happening so much in America with the you know the dawn of TV as was <clears throat> hand in hand with sports and baseball especially and and radio I'm sure it was a huge part of it early on so the nuances of like you're saying the guy standing there you can hear the air the crowd and I love that I love that they don't rush to fill the space yeah just kind of let it happen. You know, I just took a walk the other day. It's a beautiful part of town here in Seattle. Go down to the fish market. Of all the ballparks in the major leagues, this is the one I like having a day off in. Here's a ball low and away. Yeah, just kind of uh, stringing it along. (laughs) Yeah, right. They throw away like 0-3 now to Beckett. Uh, so I stopped in for um, some chowder and a bread have bowl, you, and the pitch is high s- and wide. He's going to walk have on. You s- have you seen them throw the fish through the air like that? <laughs> oh, we got to hit up the backstop. Oh, he's out left field. No it's actually probably deal. a great gig. <laughs> like Buck Martinez styles. Yeah. He's always got some story of what he did that day. Woke up this morning, I was a little tired. Well, you imagine... A- Imagine it goes to extra innings, or worse yet, there's like a rain delay, but they think it's going to be a short one, and they're just tap dancing. That's when they earn their money. But that's the thing, they don't, they'll slow it down even if it's a moment like that. It's just like, you know, I like omelets. You like omelets? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a two-egg omelet to get you going in the morning. You know, the hotel we're staying at, a residence inn, you can actually make your own waffles. They, uh, they limit I you made, to one cup of batter per guest. But the I truth is, two. they don't know where to check it. I had two this morning. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that was an advance against low and away. 0-3 is the count. Against tomorrow, Everyone, maybe they won't let you have one tomorrow. I wonder if uh, Dave Winfield went off chicken after he killed that seagull. Anyway, there's a ball up in the air to center field. And is that true? <laughs> When Dave Winfield killed the seagull, yeah. No. Yeah. How? At the, he, when he was with the Jays, he it was like a foul tip or a hit that hit killed a seagull. Or remember the Randy Johnson hit that killed the dove, like Oof. literally throwing it a pitch and just the dove came into view and his pitch followed the dove like it was like a target practice. Oof. Because the dove was like six feet left of the plate by the, when it hit it. So it's unbelievable that his his eye somehow tracked it as it was flying by. And like th- mental muscle somehow aimed at it perfectly. So was it an accident? A hundred percent. But it's just bizarre how it happened. It's like, you know, when you see stuff like that, you're like, it's no, there's no way it's not hitting that bird like the angle and you see it's like how's it but that bird has no chance and then even though even though it's just randomly in the middle of all this nothingness it's getting hit for sure i wonder if they've done they must have done it on sports center top 10 animal oh, moments sure. like a sure. uh, chunky beaver waddling across the <laughs> outfield those moments yeah. i love that stuff that's the best. Or the cat randomly coming in through the bullpen or something. I feel like cats, yeah, cats are more apt to happen in a ballpark. For sure. They sneak around. They can get anywhere. They jump up. 
Hey, have you noticed our boy Dan O'Toole has his Danitized going on? Yeah, it's a great idea. Isn't that, isn't that wicked? He, he'll try out a product. And he's already, I've seen two already. He's just burling. It's a great idea. Well, yeah, he's, he's pouring syrup da- over poo. He's trying to do some something nice. Time, and he's like, boom, I'll show you content. Boomsies. Wouldn't that be great if he becomes one of those guys? I like a YouTube star. I like that he's he's always he the same, right? And he's great at what he does too. That, yeah, that, like he he can crush a lot of information quickly. Yeah, but he's not um, he's not trying to be something he's not, or uh, he's not affected in any way. Dan's just mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I like seeing it. Hey, remember this guy? Come on, Arlene! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's another one of those, like, that's how you're going to sing when you start singing? Ah! <laughs> Was that the lead singer, a backup guy? <laughs> it's the, isn't it the lead singer guy? Come on, Arlene! Come on, Arlene! <laughs> that's sort of a throwaway at the end, right? When he's really begging her? No, I think he does it off the top, doesn't he? Right away, he's like right into it. That that song's sneaky, sneaky, uh, tricky with all the stuff that happens in that song. Like, like timing-wise. Yeah, it's got that really part where everyone has to slow down at the same time. Okay, let's uh, dissect the lyrics to Come On Eileen. Um, I, it about I must anyway. confess, I've never seen Tura Lura... Tura Luraye in print. Um, well, okay, that, that's a song. That's a Van Morrison song. Tura Lura. Oh, is it? Lura. Yeah. So maybe that's where that comes from, or it's probably an old Irish folk song. Huh. Actually, what it really comes from. Old Irish folk. Well, let's find out. Let's start there. Yeah, start it's an Irish Tura lullaby. Lura. There you go. Tura Lura. Tura Luraye. Um, let me see if I can. Uh, find what it means according to the oxford dictionary uh it's quite common in irish drinking songs referred to sometimes as part of a lullaby um it means uh what i wanted what do you think like what is eileen doing like oh for goodbye him? for if now i'll ra- be missing you that's what it means if you randomly heard how the guy says come on eileen like what would what would you think he wants to do. Like, he's, is he waiting in the car? Yeah, he's ready to go to a restaurant, and she's like, I'm just going to put on my false eyelashes. I just need, like, 15 more minutes, and I'll be out. Yeah, Eileen! <laughs> Does it, it could be... It's, it's, it sounds like it's... Uh, he's more happy than that mad, too, though. So maybe it's like there's a parade, and she's like... He's like, they're not going to be late, but... He's psyched. Or she forgot her right. She forgot her right? glasses and isn't going to be able to see the menu. So she's like, oh, I better go grab my glasses right quick. I don't know why she's Irish, because I think they were from England, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're getting the two or a so, That's, yeah, why. that's why you're doing it. Okay, here are, here are the lyrics, and tell me what you think it's about. Poor old Johnny Ray sounded sad upon the radio... Moved a million hearts in mono. Our mothers cried, sang along. Who'd blame okay, them? So stop, stop there. Johnny Ray would be like a huge uh, pop star 
in their in, in the parents' eyes. Okay. That's that's my dissection. Yeah, that makes sense. So Johnny Ray's like an old timey crooner. He sounds us out on the radio yeah. in mono. Yeah. Our mothers cried yeah. along, sang yeah. along. Who'd blame them? Okay. So yeah. now you're grown up, so grown. Now I must say more than ever, tura lura 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 and we can sing just like our fathers. Okay, well, it sounds to me like he's like interested in her now that she's grown up vibes. Hmm. So what's the next line? Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what he means. At this moment, you mean everything. You in that dress, my thoughts, I must confess, verge on dirty. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there you ah, go. there That's it sweet. is. Yeah. Whoop, there it is. So Eileen's so grown uh, up. She's come of age. Yep. And now it's some horny creep. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what he means at this moment. You mean everything. But that, how does Verge on Dirty factor in? You in that dress, all my thoughts can confess. Verge, oh, there it is. Verge on Dirty. Oh, come on, Eileen. I wouldn't have said that was the lyric at all. These people round here wear beat-down eyes, sunken, smoke-dried face. So resigned to what their fate is, but not us. We're far too young and clever. Wow! So that's now that's on, right? He's just like, it's a his first love. And he's like rebelling against the geezers. Wow! They are. Okay, here's the, here's the next chorus. It's a variation. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what he means. Oh, come on. Take off everything. Oh, there you go. Pretty red First dress, night. Eileen. Tell him yes. Oh, come on. Oh, come oh, on, there's Eileen. Some, there's, someone, there's someone else in the room. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but that just... <laughs> imagine... So I guess that's what it means. Let's get stuff going. Yeah. Isn't it safe to say that if you distill every song down, <laughs> that's kind of what it means? Oh, yeah. Let's get it going. Relationship happening, gone wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, or about to happen. Or that you want it to happen. Right. And even if you're not having one, you want one. So you cry about it. You know, things that make me feel old, when Ariana Grande is on the radio talking about switching positions and 34 plus 35 and the girls are singing every word i don't like that i don't like that it's like she made a conscious decision to like you know what i in order to be taken seriously as an adult i have to start talking about dirty stuff and it's really dirty always so so suggestive like the pop music yeah the female and the male too it's just like i don't like it 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 it's always boggled my mind uh how you know how how raunchy the content is in pop music that's literally aimed at little kids and it's really raunchy man well the crazy it's just like what the f and then it's just i get it because the original version has like a rapper on it that's swearing their head off but just because you know they they take out all the swearing and then they put it on pop radio exactly the same way but every kid wants to know what the bleeps are or the quiet stuff is after they like a song 
And that becomes almost like entrapment for the kid. Well, I guess, and I'm sure... they think this is a pop song that's just completely happy and... It, you know, I think it has a lot to do with just uh, being careful and, and uh, um, letting kids be aware of what the, what's actually being said, too, you know? Because sometimes kids will grow up thinking that's no, not a big deal to be so explicit, you know? Well, it's it's interesting that it has never occurred on occurred to me that that song, Come On Eileen, that I've heard a billion times... Never taken the time to actually stop and and think about it, but I guess it's because there's enough um, uh, hidden or alluded to without saying, and I'm sure every parents of every generation say this stuff, but I feel like songs now are like, I'm going to open up my mouth and why don't you see if you can ring the bell at the back of my throat? (laughs) There's there's no like, what could that be about? There's no imagery. Okay, it's like, here's the night from... 2 a.m. till 7, I want to sweat and be sore in the morning. I know. Like, that's literally what it is. I know. It's Can like, you do it? And this uh, nursery rhyme, like, tonight I went to town, 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 saw you, and then we pound, 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 pound. Like, it's so earwormy that you find yourself humming. Take me out. And give me sore back. Yeah. The green gown. There's no green gowns nowadays. I don't want to walk tomorrow. (laughs) It's so harsh. Uh, I don't want to walk tomorrow. Yeah. Pretty subtle. That was also just the weakest <laughs> melody. I don't want to walk tomorrow. <laughs> There's no, um, there are no lines to read between. I feel like not walking tomorrow. All I want to do is pound, 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 pound. Take me downtown, town, 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 and then I'm gonna pound, 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 pound. We just wrote a hit. Take my legs, please. And then all I have to do is sing my name at some point, like Jonathan Torrent, over the top of the thing. Imagine, I think if you wanted to define overconfident in two words, it's DJ Khaled. Imagine doing songs with the world's biggest superstars, and you have the gall to yell your name louder than anything they say or sing in the song. Yep, yeah, and not even do have anything else to do with the song. Though. Yeah. That's the best part. Like, not, not even producing it, just saying, DJ Khaled! <laughs> and then <laughs> another one. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like, okay, Justin Bieber, the same, then you do the rest. It's the same one, too. Like, he doesn't even do new ones or switch do it up. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's it. This is trademark. <laughs> DJ Khaled. Another one. <laughs> is that all he says? That's it, right? I think. Well, I know this oh, because... No, you the... 
we the best music. And that's also another line he says always in it. Well, I know <laughs> um, uh, one of the girls, Suge, was doing a, a song, every year at their dance studio, there's a, a theme. So everyone, all the dances relate to this theme. So this year, I think it's from the movies. So there's a Will Smith version of Never Had a Friend Like Me. Um, no, okay. you ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. Um, uh, what, so what would that be? Aladdin, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, the start of the song is like, hey, it's your boy Will Smith and DJ Khaled. Uh, can you imagine yelling louder than Will Smith? What kind of nads do you have to have, DJ Khaled, to be yelling that? <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, but uh, and it's just, it's, it, 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 it's the same as the YouTuber thing. Like, it's, when you're DJ Khaled, how do you not stay successful when you're using just the biggest and brightest producer and star of this month? Right. And, and then you get to put your name on it. Like, it's almost like... You know, the, the Dick Clark show or whatever. Like, where it's just going to be a show where you bring on big people and you put your name at the beginning. <clears throat> um, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's sad and weird and crazy. Um, how's the house search going, bud? It's uh, got to the point where I'm taking a break, bud. Really? I'm done for a minute. <clears throat> yeah, it's the prices just keep rising. And uh, even houses where we're like, ah, I know that one's close and kind of checks the boxes. It's just not really feeling it. Even those ones are like finally sold for more than they were asking. So I don't know. It's just gotten to the point where I think stuff is so overpriced that if you buy something right now, <clears throat> you you might uh, a year from now go here. My house is worth, you know, Two three hundred grand less than I paid for it. <clears throat> Oof! I don't want that to happen either, you know. So, um, it's it's uh, if if the if there's a a bunch of people that want to cash in or whatever, which I assume is probably happening, and instead of having one house a week that is worth bidding on for us for what we want, and there there was like three or four then we would get what we want for the price that we, we want. It's just that's what's happening every single time. <clears throat> it's always one house, and it's the same probably 17 families that are looking in this area. No way. That, that, that are, yeah. Have you so crossed paths with similar people? Or I guess you don't no, see them, sure but you just I'm, know. I'm just sure that's the case because you... Uh, well, I'm sure there's probably more, but um, if it feels like that's what happens. So if there was more opportunity and, and more houses available, then it wouldn't be so crazy. But um, right now, there's like the demand is insane. So until there's an influx where I'm like, oh, I like this house and like this house and this one too. And actually to the point where I feel like we, we could bid... As opposed to like having to look at 10 houses and then one of them is definitely, you know, you like enough to bid on. <clears throat> Sometimes you can tell from the pictures that for sure it's in that ballpark. 
but um, lately we've been going to places that we think, oh, it looks great. And then you go and it's like, oh man, this place is absolutely a, a tear down because you can smell mold as soon as you open the door. Ooh. Yeah. So is that the medium to long range forecast? Is that what you think is going to happen? Things are going to go down in value? Uh, I don't know if things will go down in value. They might, uh, they might, uh, houses might sit more so you'll have better opportunity. That's what I'm saying. Like, because not a, a year and a half ago, houses were sitting for like 30 days, 60 days, if it was a certain thing, a certain market value. <clears throat> Whereas now it's not at all. So if it gets back to the point where there's a lot of houses, um, for sale it'll kind of level it out in a bit but i mean if the prices keep on going higher and higher then uh it'll price people out of the cities and uh, it'll only be for uh rich people and a lot of rich people from other countries that are using canadian real estate as an investment because you're seeing people that don't don't even live here are buying houses uh not even moving in just flipping them right away just because it, they, they can make five ten percent crazy it is crazy wow so they just buy things just to own them for a month yeah you see a lot of realists for like 50 grand higher wow and they sell if it sells really quickly and they get it for for that price i mean it's risky for sure but people are doing it you see i see way too many realists happening as soon as they sell well, there's even a term for it. Um, Relisting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the funny thing is here, we're seeing people from Upper Canada buy houses sight unseen or through a FaceTime tour. And that's driving oh, wow. prices here up. Well, because of the Muskoka and the cottage country is where it's hottest right now here. So people are probably like, you know what? Let's just instead of, you know, going up there let's buy a place out east for perfect and have everything we want and it becomes more of a vacation in the summer as opposed to like the weekends i would um, argue that sometimes in traffic you could fly out here faster than you could get to muskoka yeah. no for sure definitely if you're going on a friday afternoon to muskoka that's like a three-hour drive yeah at least unless you're getting your stevie y on um yeah, so your puddle jumps. Uh, Disney is doing this thing where um, they they are inviting kids to audition for commercials and uh, shows. And like, if you try this thing, um, sign up to audition, and you never know. Some of the people that we found have ended up on our shows and stuff. Suge really wants to do it, and it's funny how your first instinct as a parent is like, oh, ooh, I want to protect her don't want her to get her hopes up want to manage her expectations um how do we do this and then sort of turned the corner and thought well if it's something she really wants to do and she's okay with the outcome no matter what it is i guess my job is to just encourage her how do you manage that stuff when your kids are putting themselves out there because it's hard to watch i think it's yeah you know what you gotta get them into uh, failing early because you have to fail to get stuff going. There so, it is. 
you know, you, you learn to, to lose and get used to that because that's going to happen always, even no matter how successful you are, you're going to fail continually. So yeah, not being afraid to fail because that's how many people have not done something because they're afraid that they don't want to, they're, they're going to suck at it or it's not going to be what they thought. You have to fail. Like I had to fail as a drummer to, at the beginning to become a good drummer, you know, like you have to think you know something and you're completely wrong and just uh, you have to stupefy yourself in a way. How did you fail as a drummer? Well, you think you know something, you don't, so you learn, you know, you think you have something figured out, you don't at all, so you learn more, like you, you, uh, you, you, you assume you're at a certain level and you're completely not and you, you break through to a, a new place, it's, it's that kind of stuff where, you know, a lot of people, that's why some people say like I gave up when I saw this guy play because I knew I could never do what they did and that's, that's you know, it, it made them not want to do it anymore. <clears throat> I had feelings of that young as a musician where it's like, how the hell am I going to do that? But you, uh, you push through. And I remember young thinking I couldn't do things and then three months later being able to do them. So that's the difference is just be believing that it can happen and opening the doors or at least pushing through to, to understanding to where you can understand what's happening. I see a lot of stuff on YouTube now or on Instagram drummers that it's like, I can't, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. But it's not about that at all. It's about being able to do other things and do them really well. So I also think I don't, I, I don't see someone playing just a straight groove and go, I can't do that. <laughs> that's what I can do. And that's what's the most important thing about drums. Is, is being able to sit and play something very simple and have it move and, and, and have a feeling. And, you know, fills and complex uh, rhythms going against each other. That's a, it's more about technical difficulty. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, you can, get your, you can get off center and assume that those things mean more because you can't do it as opposed to playing something simple really strongly and that's everything because that's what it is it's time it's being able to play time with great feel i um i'm uh starting a, a t-shirt company um just have this little idea there are so many phrases that are unique to film sets and are you serious yeah you're joking right now no i'm serious you're actually you're starting a t-shirt company yeah and this is it's very relevant to what we're talking about are um, you serious? Are you, are you getting a press and stuff? Well, I'm not. No, I'm not buying a press. No, the buds at press time are going to do it. Okay. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're awesome. They're uh, yeah. so helpful and just cool guys. And uh, Chris from yeah. Flatliners is one of the owners, and uh, totally. they're just buds. So and everybody, by the way, you can get your TNT stuff there at all times. Exactly. Have a great selection of bud gear and wear and stuff. Mugs. It's a great spot. Exactly. So yeah. as part of this conversation about how um, uh, broad stuff used to resonate, but now you can be as niche and specific as you like, I was thinking mm -hmm. there are so many um, phrases that are unique to films, like a film set, that if you pass someone on the sidewalk and you worked in film, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I love that. That's so inside. Mm -hmm. But they're phrases that not everyone would know. 
like uh, lock it up, sound is speeding, we're turning around, back to ones, all these like... Uh, how, about, how about this one? You need a Dutch angle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pass the Dutchie from the left-hand side. Um, all these like little phrases like two half apples refers to um there there are apple boxes yeah that that of course you know uh half apples are um smaller ones obviously so bring me two half apples uh props flying in for some reason a lot of them are three words and we're rolling Mm -hmm. um so anyway i thought it would be cool to have uh t-shirts that say these little three word phrases so when i met with the designer whose name is ben brush he lives in truro he's a real bud uh, has been helping Carol with some of her designs for the Indigo Summer label. Um, he said something that I've thought about every day since, which is, I I kind of design and taste-wise come from, a, it should be bolded, uppercase, italicized, and underlined. He mm-hmm. said, because I was asking, like, should it have logos on the sleeves or something <laughs> on the back or a thing? He's like, it takes real confidence to be subtle yeah and sure so a white text on a black t-shirt doesn't take up the whole chest it's kind of between um the um pecs like just a little simple three-word thing is so much cooler than logos everywhere stuff on the sleeves something that fills up the whole back etc and the reason the reason I was reminded of this as you were talking about drumming is because it's the same with as we watch the voice and people auditioning. If you can do an incredible run, it's awesome. But if you do it at the end of every line, it stops being incredible. So to keep it in the pocket for 90% of the time and be selective, like having the confidence and taste to know when a fill is appropriate is it it seems to me like that is learning the skill is the first tier but then knowing how to use your skills or how to wield that weapon is the second tier right uh, yeah it has every well the t the, the most important tier is like if you're playing with a, a group and uh it's obvious to everyone else that you're you're being very supportive and understanding Either that means getting out of the way or knowing what someone's doing and playing to the strengths and not being selfish. You know, those are all huge. It's like, I guess, if an actor that knows, like the best actors are the ones that make everybody feel comfortable and give you space just by the way they they probably deliver their lines. You know? Yeah, the best actors are reactors. So when you're looking in their eyes while you're talking... They're yeah. buying what you're saying, and that makes it's you all, feel good and supported. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a consistent, like perfect vol volley to the center to where you want to hit it. It's always about like giving you the best opportunity to hit something, and it's never going to be my fault to try and you know hit something that's going to make you have to run or feel like you, you know what I mean. That's it's all about. Be, it's it, it, like a great pra- a practice partner. You know, they're they're always giving it right back to you in the sweet spot of where you need to practice, and that's music for sure. Like it's about uh, supporting and seeing how much of a server you can be, because it's about serving everybody, not about uh, check this out. Yeah. Once it becomes about that, 
it's bad. You know, there's people and people can confuse the ego or the feel of a drummer if they're loud and boombastic, like um, because they want they want to impose their feel on somebody. Like that's what the when I sit on a drum set, I like to impose my feel in terms of like that's the only. It's like when you see like a karate instructor or something, they can't kick softly. It's always very right. kind of aggressive. And I'm not saying I play loudly, but I just like to pl- I play a certain way so it's like my presence is known, whether it be quiet or loud. And that's just about communicating on the instrument, you know? But it's also confidence instilling, isn't it? Because if you're, if you're yeah. playing along, you're like, okay, this guy's got it. I'm not totally. worried about yeah, this when guy. You, when you hop up and you're, if you're at a jam night, you saw, I'd see that a lot if someone's like, who the fuck is this guy? And as you start, and they're like, oh, okay, I can relax now because it's all good and there's no worries, for sure. I know I, I, I talked about it at the time, but when I went to see um, our bud Bartzi call the uh, Vegas Knights oh, nice. Leafs game, the, yeah. the dance between play-by-play and color and the non-verbal handoffs that have to happen in that relationship, like every time... Bartzi gets to the end of a sentence and a whistle's called. You know, the interesting thing, Bartzi, as you watch, it's Greg Millen as his partner. It's yeah, it's knowing each other and filling in the blanks, knowing when to, like, to think that you can do a three-hour hockey broadcast and never have to say, oh, sorry, sorry, I was, sorry, excuse me, I was just yeah, going to say, yeah. <laughs> they seamlessly volley it back yeah. and forth. And yeah, and the interesting thing is one they're, they're uh it's not just a conversation they're all they have they're both doing a job in terms of like they got to get out of the way for certain information for the other person that's the other thing like the fact that there's so much like I can't tell that say this this is what you have to say but to know that that's when they're going to say it right and to know that as Bartsy's calling the game in Millen's ear, the control room is saying, okay, at the next yeah. whistle, we're going to show a replay of that dry sidle breakaway, and then we're going to show the save at the other end. And then, yeah. meanwhile, Bartzi's stopped talking, and Millen has to just jump in and fill the space. Oh, my God. You know what would be hilarious is if they get a couple Twitter hockey trolls, like a couple famous ones. You know, the ones that are, you always see. Oh, that's great. It's your call? Art. Yeah, yes. Yes. You see the idiot, like the guy who thinks they know everything and they talk about it like, you know, hindsight 2020 guys. Put them in there. Two of right. them. And then just let it rip. Okay, let her go. You're the color guy. You know everything. Well, it is armchair you're expert. The, go for it. You're the, you do the play-by-play. Let's see how you can go now, you bunch of pricks. And that would be classic, just hearing them fall all over each other, all of a sudden not remembering things, all of a sudden, you know, like, you know, thinking of, oh, that would have been such a better thing to say well, two I, minutes later. I would argue, right? yeah, what Bartzi was saying, like, uh, uh, if a goal was deflected, like it's a slap shot from the point, he'll say, uh, you know, it, Shea Weber got the goal, and people are lighting yeah. him up on Twitter going, you didn't see Gallagher's tip? idiot and you're sitting 500 (laughs) yards the puck is a tic-tac in the distance and people on the internet who are watching a close-up on a camera are saying like Mm. you didn't even see that you don't get a second chance at it um anyway it's interesting it's just like it it the uh 
the brain dead population that there's so many of them and we you saw a lot of them when Gord Miller was smart enough to talk up and speak up on Barstool and he took a lot of heat from it but he was right in saying you know I have no problem with these the guys on this like the biz nasty and all these guys like I have no problem with these guys but I'm not doing anything with that network I have problems with that network and the history of that network and it's the the dork Portnoy guy, all, like just his. Gord Miller's hard AF. Yeah, well, you know what? Good for him because uh, a lot of people need to be more like that in that world because everybody is getting used to being quiet and not having, you know, not saying anything. I think that has to happen more and more instead of uh, having people like that as being, you know, outspoken or uh, risky. Those are the people you want because they're outspoken for the right reasons. He doesn't give you know? any Fs. Yeah. He's like, uh, so you good for him. keep trolling me, by the way. I don't even check yeah. my mentions and I have them turned off. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, and he actually was smart. He, he, did, he went private to people that follow him. So you can't go on there because everything it is, you, you see the comments that were negative are just like, Billy Duffy one five six eight zero with a dog face, and it's like he's got two followers, and he's like, "Oh come on, you loser! You don't know anything about what about NBC? You know, and that talk about some other problem that happened with some other broadcaster to try and loop. That's the closest that they can come to say uh, Gord's wrong for saying that. Yeah, you know, it's so stupid. Like it's ridiculous. That's a hard game. Absolutely. Like yeah. imagine um, aside from the barstool stuff. Uh, Gord doing play by play, but now throw in <laughs> world junior teams from all over the world with hard to pronounce oh, names. And the other yeah. job that people don't give enough credit to is the Kyle Bukowskis job, which is all right, yeah. Kyle, over to you. You have 30 seconds to tee up the game, yeah. one take at it. The um, goal horns are going, it's dark, there are spotlights, and you have to be oh, finished man. just in time for the anthem to start. Yeah. People don't get it, man. man. And like that's that's why you know the bottom feeders they are so bottom feeders and nobody has any regard for them other than themselves. Yeah, and that's it. It's a dirty life down there. By the way, bud. Yeah. Know what I remembered? What'd you remember? Maxi Priest. You know? Whoa, nice. Yeah. I remember some Maxi Priest. Maxi Priest. What about, what are, I don't even know why it popped into my head the other day, but I was like, dude, Maxi Priest. <laughs> what? Well, that's kind of like, uh, yeah. You, you forget about some of those classic close 80s. To you. 80s. <laughs> and he did a cover close of Wild World that was a bop as the kids say too well, and he was in that that girl with shaggy was pretty big oh yeah and his yeah you said the wild world cover yeah yeah he's probably he's sitting on a beach you, somewhere maxi priest he did all right here it is wanna be close to you it's a great jam <laughs> bud Maxi Priest, remember? <laughs> Listen to that bass playing. Is that like Anthony Jackson or something? Okay, pretend Phil <laughs> is auditioning in the studio as they're playing this. To add Phil? Yeah. Okay. Bah. Shut up. Stop. Stop. 
It sounds like I have an air popper. That's what it sounds like when the air popper gets fired up. He's still going way over the bar line. I don't. That's next level, man. I don't even. I can't even count that. See, I get that. That's a you see a lot of like crazy drummers now. Like even like Anderson Pack, you know him? Yeah. He's amazing. Great drummer. But he has that skill, like Quest Love too, where they'll play ahead of the beat on just like a snare, like a ding that ding that like one beat will be ahead and the rest will be normal or even behind. It's just a really cool vibe and it's really difficult to do it. I just see someone on a wakeboard riffing in and out of the waves, you know? The wake is there, but they just kind of use yeah. it when they feel like it. Yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome to see. That's like bending time when you start messing with it in that regard. Next week on oh, Bending yes. Time with Jeremy Taggart. Good job, bud. Time. Hey, that was a good one, Isabad. I'll talk to you next week. Oh. <laughs>